thank you very much for joining me for episode 18 of the Adventure Games podcast. I'm here once more with Thomas Bex. Hello, Thomas. Hey, Sasha. How are you doing? Very good. Uh, doing, I'm hoping that uh, we can record today. <laughs> I hope That's so, too. That it's been a long time since listeners have heard us, but uh, it feels like uh, we're in Groundhog Day because we, <laughs> we seem to be recording again and again. And hopefully Indeed. we can have some luck this time. So, so apologies to people listening who were expecting an episode two weeks ago, but didn't get it. We did record, but there were some technical issues, technical issues that I didn't record correctly, that I just recorded my own voice because I'm that much of a narcissist. But uh, this time I hope to get Thomas as well, all uh, in his all in his glory. Uh, I'm just here for the show (laughs) well hopefully we can hear you this time so uh, so we've got a few adventure games to talk about and review and uh, first again as always some adventure game news uh, uh, that we can uh, talk about now just mention first very briefly just just to make you jealous and also to, to give advance because this is this episode will be going up on Friday the 14th of June, I believe, and we are recording the week before because, as, I'm sh- as I haven't said enough already, I, by this time the episode goes up, I should hopefully, all things going well, be in Boston. Be in Boston, so, of course. So the news that we talk about, I'm sure that something big will happen. So there might be a new Monkey Island game announced or something when I go to Boston. And, and um, So in case anyone is, is asking, why didn't you cover this game? Why are you covering ga- games are co- that were released a week ago? The reason is because we're recording a week in advance this time. So, uh, But we'll talk about any other big news that may have happened when I'm back. So anyway, we'll just... Start then with the news. Now, I just wanted to talk about something that I that caught my eye on the Guardian. That now this is an adventure game, but it's like an ad- adventure games go into real life. So there is this museum in Alberta, Canada. It is the Vermilion Heritage Museum, and there is a safe. It's a dusty old safe that has been locked for decades, and nobody has been able to open it. Nobody's been able to crack the code. Nobody's been able to open the safe. And even the um, volunteers could know it. Even the locksmith who made the safe didn't know how to open it. He said that due to years of inactivity, it might have made the safe inoperable, that you couldn't open it. So many people wondering what is inside this safe. So there's this guy who I'm sure played adventure games called Stephen Mills went with his family and he was we went on a tour and he desi- decided to give this safe a try. And he just started messing around with the numbers and you'll never guess what happened. He, he didn't open it. No, he did. Oh, he did. <laughs> <laughs> he did. Oh. He And the solution is, so spoiler for this solution, it's with numbers ranging from 0 to 60... He turned clockwise three times to 20, counterclockwise two times to 40, and then clockwise one time to 60. Now, this seems kind of like too easy kind of for an adventure game puzzle. But he said said that he did that and he got it open. Now, he said it was a lucky guess, but he put his ear to the the cool metal and he could hear it click. I kind of can't believe that nobody actually tried that, you know, for decades. And so then what was inside, so this treasure that was inside, what awaited them was a waiter's order book 
and a payslip, both dating from the late 1970s. So, <laughs> so yeah, so a decade-old mystery. So this guy who, I mean, I'm sure he must play adventure games. If if not, he's, you know, he sh- they should make an adventure game out of this. You know, it's just, the <laughs> yeah. mystery of the lock safe for 30, 40 years. And he did the lottery then after, and he won $2. So <laughs> Nice. Some some luck there. So I'll share the link to the to that article there for people to stop and people might be uh, interested. Um, okay, so now to actual adventure games. So I hear you've got an adventure game you'd like to talk about. Um, yeah, I, I ran into some um, some upcoming release or um, some news. There's this one game. Um, apparently, we're getting a lot of VR uh, adventure game type of games. Um, now I'm not a big VR fan. I don't know. Uh, f- that's virtual reality. I don't know about you, Sorsha. I've never played a VR game, but I'm open to it. I'm open to to the technology. I think you, uh, there's great potential that I don't think has been completely uh, fulfilled yet. But I do think we're heading in that direction, and I'm very yeah. very curious about it. Um, well, I, I have played um, some some simple VR games. Um, one required me to hold down the left shift key and the right shift key, and uh, what came at me was like they had they had spiders walking over me, and then the moment I uh. uh, <laughs> I let go of one of the keys, I lost. Needless to say, I lasted forty seconds. So <laughs> <laughs> that that sounds like a long time. I mean, <laughs> yeah, the, the first creatures weren't that scary, but once the spiders came in, uh, it was uh, it was over pretty pretty quickly. But um, this one is called uh, Shadow Point, and it's about a, a young girl who mysteriously disappeared in a very scenic area, and you play the role of Alex Burkett. And he is following the footsteps of one Edgar Mansfield. And Edgar Mansfield um, is the narrator. And he is voiced by Sir Patrick Stewart. Wow. So that caught my attention. <laughs> and if you listen to the trailer, his, uh, his, his voice is unmistakably there. And it actually looks uh, quite fun to play this game. Um, as I said, I'm, I'm not very into VR games but I would love to try something like this out just to see how far the technology has gone by now and how it would serve a, uh, yeah, well, we can hardly call this a point-and-click adventure game, but like an adventure <laughs> game. Alex, my name is Edgar Mansfield. On July 1st, I arrived at the summit, and if you're reading this, I never return. Lorna McCabe vanished on June 25th, 1996. I assumed she fell into the ravine, but the town needed answers. For someone to spend a week alone at the edge of the world, I never told them what I found. I actually did play very, very briefly one VR game, actually, that uh, oddly enough, it was at the Oktoberfest in here in Dublin, which was very bizarre. Uh, they're oh. selling these VR sets now. I think they're very basic VR sets. And I tried one is where zombies were coming at you, and you just need to look at them, and then you shoot them. So if you looked at them, your kind of eyes would shoot. It's pretty cool, but kind of very very basic. You know, like I got tired yeah. of it after a couple of minutes. So I think if um, 
if the VR can be more than a gimmick and actually help you, you know, with play the game itself, can be part, you know, integral part of the game itself and the story, I think it can definitely work. So I'm very curious about this game, uh, Shadow Point. It, I think it, it looks like it might be available now. Is that correct? Is, that, is it available now, I think, on, is it on Epic Store? I think it's an uh, yes. epic story, yeah. yes. It is now available for uh, both the Rift and Quest platforms as a cross-buy purchase. I'm, as I'm not into VR, I'm not sure how that, how that works, but it is mm-hmm. available now, and it's published by Oculus Studios. Okay, so for people who have VR, you can try it out. And you can also um, see here, you can discover journal fragments. You can you receive extract from Egnor Manfield's journal leading up to the launch. Well, yeah, isn't it? Uh, you can subscribe basically to the newsletter, get the extras plus a surprise free gift from CodeSync. So, if you give your name and your email, uh, you will receive yeah this. But then the game has launched, so I don't, I don't know what you receive. Yeah, now, but, but, but I, I like it. it. It reminds me. It's of, a good idea. Yeah, it, it reminds me of when when in the olden days <laughs> when you would buy, especially when you would buy a, like an adventure game, you would also also get a lot of stuff in the box, uh, a lot of cool stuff. Yes, they would, yes, they would yes. Put a lot of awesome stuff in the box, and um, that's something I, I miss nowadays in the uh, in the age of, of digital is that you don't you did you don't get to open a box and find mm. a literal journal in there or a comic book or a, a map made of cloth or whatever you know that's the stuff yeah. that was always the cool stuff uh, in, when you bought a game. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I spoke about the digital. Up, you know, platforms with Telltale games for well, last week's episode. How you know, the dangers of that with the, their games now being delisted from GOG, but also, so well, like you feel like you do own it uh, when you get the boxes, and as you mentioned, you can get all of these things with it. And yeah, um, now I do love how fast the digital stores are. You just click buy, and then you download it immediately, and it's there. You don't have to wait for you know a few days or a week. But you know, I you know I do like uh, kind of having my boxes of adventure games as well so yeah exactly uh, speaking of vr there is another vr game that has been released as well and the game is called zed zed <laughs> and so this game is a story of an aging artist lost in regrets and the haze of dementia inside the dreamscape of this creative mind come undone players reassemble the artist's fragmented memories into a final lasting legacy a loving gift to his granddaughter. The memory is comprised of three aspects. Encoding, storage, retrieval. Encoding, the acquisition of information. Storage, packing it piecemeal throughout the brain. Retrieval, accessing that information. Your father's problem retrieval it's there he just can't reach it what's happened to me is there anything we can do some games have proven effective in preserving cognitive function even untangling recollection especially if there's a goal my father he's an artist He's making a picture book for my daughter, Charlotte. This is it. One man's life boxed up for easy access. Not tell me. 
What are your most important memories? Boy needs a father. Should have been there. We were uh, preoccupied. Galleria Galactica, Dayton, Ohio. Right, right. Our first solo show. Not a soul opening night. Except Mal. I wonder how Mal's doing. You don't remember. Hey, it's Mal. I haven't heard from you. <coughs> Got some bad news. One memory down. Good, good. Find a few more and we can make a gift. Create a work of art. It's important for Charlotte. It's important to accomplish something with our life. Say, do me a favor. Finish Zed's search. Wrap up his story. <laughs> I just want to know that he found his way home. So this is available on PC and it includes optional VR support for Oculus Rift and HTC Vive. So it's you can play it without VR as well. And as developers have said, it's a surreal trip with an unexpected narrative that unfolds across fanciful fractured lands. Spanning regret, reconciliation and redemption, it's a bittersweet story that's both deeply personal and undeniably universal. Now, there is uh, one of the probably most interesting thing now is who is making the game, who the game is from, because it is released, first of all, in partnership with Cayenne Ventures, and it, which are the new publishing arm from the creators of Mist and Riven. And Chuck Carter, who was part of the team behind the original Mist, uh, it's basically his vision, according to Steam page. And it's also co-written by Joe Fielder, who wrote uh, Bioshock Infinite and The Flame and the Flood, and David Chen, who apparently did the English translation, I believe, of the Metal Gear Solid series and Narcosis. And the actor in this game is Stephen Russell, who was in the Thief and Fallout series. So other yeah. people may know more about who those people are. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously I know Mist and Riven and Kai Adventures, but they do have some great pedigree here. Um, so again, I just saw screenshots and I just saw trailer and it looks, it looks really interesting. It looks really good. So it's available on Steam and I believe it's on GOG as well. So you can check out the game. So that's Z-E-D, Z. And the developer is Eager Games, E-A-G-R-E. And the publisher is from Cayenne, who, of course, makes Mist and Riven. And uh, most recently, Abduction as well. So, uh, yeah, and I, I believe you have another adventure game. So, yeah, so I think uh, with VR games, as I said, I haven't played VR games, but I'm very curious to know where it will head in the future. And I think we're already beginning to see uh, some games coming out. And, yeah, you never know. It could It could be more mainstream in the near future. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Um, I have another VR one. Really? This one is called, (laughs) uh, yeah, this one is called Outer Wilds. And that is an open world mystery about a solar system trapped in an endless time loop. So like a Groundhog Day, but then on a uh, universal level. Um, And I'm not sure how I can describe how it it looks really cool. It also looks a uh, bit retro. Uh, the, the, the style of graphics and it is um, you have to find out what exactly the mystery is here and how to escape uh, or stop the, the the time loop and it it looks very very interesting uh, a wee bit scary and a wee bit funny it is um, 
created by Annapurna Interactive and Mobius Digital. Most people will, might recognize the name Annapurna from indie movies they have produced, movies like uh, Booksmart, which I can highly recommend. Still in the cinemas. Go see that one. Please go see that one. It's very, very funny. And also, for instance, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, uh, Sausage Party, uh, Zero Dark Thirty, American Hustle. It's where they've been involved. So you have a bit of an idea of the kind of stuff uh, they produce. And it looks like this um, this movie, this uh, VR game, Outer Wilds, is going into the same direction and trying to figure out what the mystery of this time loop and this solar system is. Um, it would definitely be something I would like to check out if I had a VR set. Uh, but since we were discussing VR games, I'd like to uh, throw Outer Wilds in there as well. Cool. So VR specific episode with with adventure games. Um, but yeah, so if you have a VR headset, you've got three games that are that are right. So th- this game is out now on Epic Games. I th- I see. Yeah, and you can also buy with an Epic discount. Um, yeah. So so yeah. So if you're if you're into VR, you want to try some adventure games, then why not? Uh, why not try out these three games? So that was Outer Wilds. Uh, now, just to finish off as well, we have other things that are not VR related. So, uh, very quickly, just wanted to mention that Quantic Dream, the developers of you know, have, uh, Heavy Rain, Beyond, Two Souls, and Detroit Become Human, uh, they are. It looks like they are going to publish third-party games because they have hired Sebastian Mutte, who used to work for Microsoft. And he will be director of third-party studios at Quantic Dream. So I thought that was very interesting to see. You know, it's always interesting to see what they're up to. I know that you know people might have mixed opinions about some of their games, but what I like about I haven't I've only played Fahrenheit, but from what I've seen with the other games, they always push the boundaries of technology. And I think you know that uh, you know that has been encouraged for especially developers who have the money and the budget to do that. And so they're going to be uh, looking into publishing games from, uh, you know, other teams. So that's, I thought that was interesting. And then to finish off, this is most certainly not VR, but this is an indie game, very indie game. It's called Birdcage. It is by an Argentinian developer named Adriel Corias Yacovino. Now I speak Spanish, so I should have been able to say that thing better. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, even for me, it was a tough tough name. Apologies if I got the name wrong. But he's from Argentina, and now he said, I'll put it on Facebook actually, that five years ago he made his first mini adventure game. Now he said he's not a programmer; he works with video editing and VFX. But he he used AGS tutorials and he made his first video game. It was made, he said, with footage of an old and not-so-nice, he said, short film made in his student days. So the story takes place in an old apartment where where supernatural presence appears into the life of the main character. It has literary references of Carlos Castaneda and has two different endings. So he said it's a very personal, intimate work that he shared with us. You can download it at Game Jolt and it's bird cage or in spanish oda al pajaro and i haven't got a chance to play it myself but it looks kind of good you know i'm always really interested with uh, you know these kind of personal works as well from these indie developers 
And um, so I will, I will definitely play it and give my opinions on it. But I want to give a shout out to him, so people can download it at gamejolt.com. And I'll include a link in the show notes as well for anybody who may be interested. But yeah, also giving, uh, you know, helping out these indie developers, which is always nice. And um, and yeah, so I think that's it for adventure game news. I know this time to maybe. Uh, a lot of VR games, and I know we, we, as I mentioned, we may have missed big game releases. We will be covering them. Any big releases, we'll be covering them in a few weeks uh, when when everything's back to normal. And um, and yeah, so okay, so now we go on to the reviews. So I believe you have a game that you have played recently. Yes, I've played uh, quite a lot recently, and this is one of the games that we both played, and it's one of the games I <laughs> enjoyed a lot more than I expected to, and it's called Clam Man. 50% Clam, 50% Man, 100% Sort of Funny, <laughs> uh, and that says everything about the game, actually, because, um, yeah, this is a really funny game, and not just a funny game, but it's also got quite a few layers in it, uh, it's not a very long game. I think I finished it under five hours. Um, not sure. It was it was pretty short. But I enjoyed it immensely. Uh, what about you, uh, Sersha? Yes, I, I love this game. For me, this is the funniest game that I've played since The Dark Side Detective. And again, that's, that's saying a lot. I don't know if it's funny. I mean, it... It, I, I would say it's more than sort of funny. I would say it's absolutely hilarious. I really, really loved it. And I knew nothing about it before playing it. But when I played it, and, you know, right from the beginning, that, you know, it's not just the jokes, but the situations as well, that um, you you play as Clam Man, and then you're working for, you know, in uh, customer support for a mayonnaise company. So, and. <laughs> <laughs> which itself is funny even oh yeah it starts out like that because he keeps getting calls for customer support but he's actually a sales rep so he he, he moved up he, he made a promotion like two weeks ago but he's still getting the customer support calls and they're also pretty funny yes i, I believe he's uh he got a promotion to junior customer service administrator or something yeah and and I believe all, all of those words terrify me. <laughs> and but yeah, as you mentioned, when it's when it begins, you know, when it's answering the calls, and you know, they they kind of poking a bit of fun at real life. I think most of us who work for companies, you know, like or in in an office, can you know, it is a little bit exaggerated, but not much, you know. There, no, <laughs> it's, it's it's poking fun at a lot of things. It's it's, it's poking fun at itself. It's poking fun at, at our current society. And it's poking fun at the adventure game genre. So there's a lot of meta action going on, um, and they and, and they don't lose sight of the story. There's actually a very good story in there, and it, the story reminded me a bit of Chinatown. I don't know if you've seen that movie, but that is a classic movie. Yeah, no, uh, I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard good things. But wow, that's a very good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's, it's, it's, that's just one of the things. I, I when I was playing it, and I've seen Chinatown several times. It's like, yeah, it, it got a bit of the of the feel of that, but then set in a world filled with uh, sea animals. Uh, it also has a bit of a, a West Side Story in it. it. Has a lot of office space in it. It even has a bit of Dragon Ball Z in it. And somehow they managed to combine all this and make it work. It shouldn't work, but it does. It's funny. <laughs> 
Yeah, it never felt overwhelming. It never felt, you know, and now I didn't get half of the reference, but I, I still found it hilarious. And as, as you mentioned, there it has a pretty good story. There's a lot in it. It took me about three hours to play, but what, you know, I loved those three hours. I really, really had a great time uh, playing it. And as you mentioned, it pokes fun at itself and adventure games in general. And one of the examples is, even from the very beginning, it pokes fun at now it games that where you make choices and so one of the first callers you get is wrong number from a guy who ordered pizza and you have different responses that you can give and what i said was oh yes the pizza is on its way and then at the top left it said pizza boy will remember this (laughs) (laughs) and i just thought oh wow so then you're, you're you're you can tell there okay this this is poking kind of fun at itself and the adventure uh, genre the tropes now as well and then when you're speaking you know with with your friend and you talk about how there's this girl who was fired and then to say no but i don't think anybody else will be fired and then at that moment he says oh by the way the boss wants to speak to you <laughs> and, and then when you go and then when you're speaking to the boss and which is this trumpian yes <laughs> kind of guy you know the same stupidity and 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 narcissism that uh, that the real one has so yes and he and he kind of rambles on a little bit as well and he um you know and he starts talking about fruit pie not not meat pie not uh, pelican pie but fruit pie and it he just goes on and on and uh you know what what I, and i thought it was hilarious and what i what i liked as well is that the main character clam man he's not an idiot now he's already, oh no not at all and uh, he's not uh you know he's not mean or nasty like so many other adventure game characters as well he's just has you know just has a lot of bad luck and even when his boss is talking to him going on and on and he say okay get to the point am i fired what's happening why yeah. <laughs> what what are you talking about? <laughs> and um, yeah, fruit pie—that's what he's talking about. Yes, and um, and then you know there are these uh, very polite gangsters that dance, you know, by clicking their fingers, like in West Side Story. <laughs> yeah, they show up multiple times, and it's just—it's just really funny. But it works; it it, it clicks all together, and then uh, it does. It the music is out, oh, and the original song that's in there is also like. Whoa, yes. wasn't expecting that, you know, a complete, completely original, good song uh, combined with, with, with a nice jazz score most of the times. And um, yeah, it's, it's, and it's, it's not like it's difficult. There are some puzzles that are a bit more, uh, they're all logical, um, yes. but some require a, a bit more thinking. Others require a bit less thinking than I'm used to because I was overthinking some uh, some puzzles. There's a, mm-hmm. a puzzle near the end where you can choose the difficulty of the puzzle before you try it. Uh, I like that I did that because they are really focused on the story. Uh, but you have to pay attention because um, when you talk to colleagues in the beginning, several things are being said that are coming useful uh, that you need to know later in the game. So it's it's also, it's taken itself both very seriously and it's taken the mickey out of itself so that's <laughs> it's a good combination there yeah no i i love that because when they you know people say some kind of nonsensical things you think oh that's not relevant and then as you said that you need to remember some of these things uh for certain now again nothing happens if you don't but it's it's nice if you do it's kind of, and i really liked how it kind of ties everything together and you just, just to make sure the player pays attention when they're when they're playing and see who has been paying attention who hasn't exactly and, 
and um, and and yeah, as as you mentioned, you know, with uh, with the characters, I think it's one of the most quotable games that I have played since. Uh, uh, you know, sort of since the Dark Side Detective, there's a lot, you know, a lot of good, funny jokes. And they mentioned as well, the developer, that the main character, that there is uh, some inspiration from Arrested Development. Now, I've never seen that. I know, I know, I should. But they say that it's, yeah, I believe it's taking inspiration from the main character from that. And yeah, because in, in Arrested Development, also the main character is, is not an idiot, but uh, every the whole cast around him and his family are weird as hell. So he is the he is the anchor. And the same is with Clamman. As you said, Clamman is not an idiot. He's just extr- extremely unlucky, and he tries to do the the right thing. He's not even the hero in in the city. The hero in the city is a duck. So, <laughs> <laughs> and that makes sense in the game. <laughs> that makes total sense in the game. <laughs> and the but... fact that we uh, we are now like uh, uh, talking for fifteen minutes about a game that lasts about four hours <laughs> says <laughs> enough. I think. I think people should just go out, go to Steam, get this game, and make sure that um, um, that they play it and that they get to make a sequel that hopefully will even be a bit longer uh, so I can get a Clamant t-shirt because I really want a Clamant t-shirt. Me, me too, yes. They did mention that on, on Twitter, which I believe you may have had some part to play <laughs> yes. in that. <laughs> so so. If, if they are going to make Clamant shirts, I'm going to get one. Okay, and I want one too. If they're listening, <laughs> I can send you my. I can send you my address. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Hey, uh, but uh, speaking of funny games, uh, actually, you also played one, right? Yes. Before we move on to that, actually, because I just noticed as well that they do have some kind of news on Clamman Two. Oh. Um, on their Steam, news. On their Steam page, well, breaking was released on the fourth of June, so you know, <laughs> breaking for us recording. Um, the developer. Team Clamman said, I'll be honest, the teaser for Clamman 2 was added to the game as a complete joke, but we had no plans for a sequel simply because we had no idea where to go from here. But since we released, so many people have expressed their interest and excitement for a return to the world of Snacky Bay and a continuation of the world of Clamman. Partially, this is because, probably because of the brevity of Clamman 1, but it's still a wonderful thing to hear. People want more Clamman. Hell and yeah. They have added a sneak peek, which I will... Uh, yeah, I'll see if I can add a link to it as well, because I'm really curious. And yeah, hopefully we can see more uh, Clan Man pretty soon, because I absolutely love this game. And dare we mention the M-word, because I really hate comparing games to other games, especially classics. But where do you think this game would you know, compare to the, to the very, very popular comedy adventure game beginning with the letter M? I'm sure the you game, know. The, the game that rhymes on with uh, uh, Ronky Island? Yeah, yeah, so that's, that's it, yeah. <laughs> well, that's obviously a Stone Cold classic um, and a, a quite longer, a quite a yes, longer yes. game with a lot I, going on there. Yeah, but, obviously, you know, that game is a classic. But in terms of you know, what we got in this game, like with the humor. I think it's got the potential to. Um, to go no well maybe not that far but it, right it, it can definitely reach for that and uh, from what I've seen from this game um, if they keep up this level of of, of humor and uh, story and and puzzles then that's a potential classic in the making right yeah I mean it's uh, as I mentioned it is very short and the puzzles are very easy and um, but 
again, from terms of writing point, I did find it very funny. And if they continue like this, if they, uh, you know, if they make more games like this, who knows what uh, they could make a classic game. You never know. So yeah, I'm really looking forward. And again, we spent probably half an hour nearly talking about this game. So that game is Clam Man, and it's available on Steam. And, and it's, I would... the, it's the first uh, the first episode in the clam clammyverse. <laughs> <laughs> the cl- yeah, I like that word, the clammyverse. I'm, I'm really curious to know where where it'll go. So, uh, so yes, yeah, Team Clam Man, if you're listening, please make please make the Clam Man two, and then three, four, five, or even having. I would love to play with other characters as well. Fine. So take me back um, to Snacky Bay. Exactly. So anyway, uh, that is Clab Man. It's available on Steam. Speaking of comedy pirate adventure games, uh, Nelly Kutalot, Spoonbeaks Ahoy, was released uh, back on the 22nd of May 2019. Now, you may have heard my interview with the developer, Alistair Beckett King, who was a developer of this game. So this is basically a HD re-release, remaster, of this game. This game was originally released in 2007. It started as a present for Alistair's girlfriend. And he made the game specifically for her. He based the character of Nelly Kutalot on her. And, but then the, the game kind of exploded. It got really, really popular. It was in 2007 and the AGS uh, studio. And he's since made a sequel, Nelly Kutalot The Foul Fleet. And so now he's gone back and he's added voiceover to this game, that it voices, and he has, uh, you know, maybe updated, well, he's updated the graphics a little bit and he's made a text easier to read. So kind of some kind of small change. Now, the game overall is similar, but it's, you know, it's better. Um, so the story, very quickly, is you play as Nelly Kutalot and you are visited by uh, ghosts. Uh, you know, we've heard some of it from Astro Beckham, so don't speak, spend too much time talking about the story, but you're visited by a ghost when you're on your boat, let's call it that. And he says that the spoonbeaks, which are a type of birds, um, not sure if they do actually exist, but they do in this game anyway, that they have gone missing from an island. So you being the very good, nice pirate that you are, you go looking for them. So you go to this island, which whose name I've forgotten, and <laughs> you need to uh, you need to find these spoonbeaks. So you get to meet these uh, these really interesting characters. So that are uh, you know some are probably nicer than others. You there's a baron, and there is you know a, a bar owner, and then there is a baron's wife who loves shopping. And then there is, you know, a librarian and all of these other characters. And then there's probably my favorite characters are there are these three women who uh, are, how, how do you say this? They're going to release, um, yeah, let's call it a spaceship. And, <laughs> and they're waiting for this really handsome Italian guy to come. But it is a death trap. So it's, uh, but they are, you know, some of my favorite characters in the game. Uh, so so it's not a very long game. It took me about four hours. And now the, um, the puzzles in the game, they're usually quite simple. Uh, you need to find these objects to use with other objects or use with these characters as well. You need to talk with characters, go exploring, and, you know, and, and so forth. But uh, now so, some are uh, inventive and some are, you know, very funny as well. 
And, you know, this game never really takes itself that seriously. Like Clamman, it has a serious story. And then, towards the end, there is a puzzle that was quite a bit more difficult than the other puzzles. It was kind of like a mechan kind of a mechanism puzzle, which for me kind of came from nowhere, but you could call it, shall we say, the boss puzzle. And <laughs> uh, it, t- it took me Good quite job. a while. It took me quite a while to, to find the, the answer. I do admit that I did need kind of a walkthrough, but then even that didn't really help much because, you know, you have to figure it out. But no, it's still still good. And there are, you know, a lot of jokes and a lot of, uh, you know, some double entendres, some puns as well. There's one pun which I won't reveal or because it might be a bit of a spoiler, but it does have to do with uh, Ireland, which, uh, <laughs> which I found funny, not because about Ireland, but because it was a funny joke. It was a very funny pun. And well, the guy who created this is, is also a very funny guy, so I'm not surprised yes. that there are so many funny puns and jokes in there. Yes, he's a comedian as well, So and he's a very funny comedian as well. I've seen, I haven't seen his show yet, but... I've seen him, you know, give videos as well. He's also one of the co-organizers of Adventure X. And when he's giving the talk, introducing people, he's very, very funny. And he was great to talk to him in the interview. You know, the type of person that you just want to hang out with. You know, go have a few beers or a few drinks. And he's, uh, so his humor has kind of come into the game as well. And he also gives the voices for most of the characters, apart from obviously Nelly Kutalot, to he mentioned his voice by his girlfriend. Uh, first of all, she does a really great job. You know, I love this character and everything about her. She's, you know, really charming, endearing character. She, you know, she uh, fights back kind of against bullies. She's she's not above, you know, doing things that are morally dubious, you know, stealing things from people, you know, because she's an adventure game character. Huh. And, um, and also she's voice, you know, like kind of like there's, there's no overacting or anything. It's just, you know, this is who she is. And I thought it was really good. Now, with Alistair, who gave the voices of the other characters, he mentioned that he gave, or he tried to give impressions, because in The Foul Fleet, I believe he had other actors who voiced some of the same characters. I haven't played that game yet, so I don't know how close his impressions are. Um, And he said that he didn't think that his voice acting was that great. Well, I don't usually say this, but to people who listen to that podcast, uh, interview don't listen to Alistair he was great in this he was if I had known that he had given the voices I would have thought that they were by different people the, they are that good the voices changes completely from character to character and I believe he even voices some female characters and so I really really loved the voice acting all around it really added to the game and it was really really funny as well so Definitely don't turn off the voice acting if you play this game because it will lose a lot, I, mm. I think. So I think the voice acting is great. And Alistair, I don't know if he, he is listening, but if you are, you did great. So mm. um, so don't say, again, he even has, before you play the game, he has a video where he says, if you don't like my voice in this game, you can turn off the voices. So I was like, no, no, don't. So um, so yeah, overall, I really enjoyed this game. Nelly Kutalat, Spoonbeak Sahoy. It is available on... Steam and I believe itch.io as well. It's not expensive. It was I got it for two euros and uh, every every euro, every, all the money that goes, all the proceeds literally goes to the birds. It goes to the RSPB, which is a British charity taking care of the birds. Which so you buy this game. It's really it's really good. It's not expensive and it's for a great cause as well. So 
so yeah, so definitely I'd recommend it. It's Nelly Kutalot, uh, Spoonbeaks Ahoy. And, cool. Uh, so, yeah, so now it, I know it's me again, but we will hear from Tomas, but then I will just mention again another kind of comedy adventure game that I played recently is Guard Duty. Now, I also spoke to the developer of this game, Nathan Hanley. So, again, I don't want to go too much into the story and everything of this game, but I just gave, you know, my thoughts on it. So, uh, very quickly, you play... First of all, the game starts in the year 2074, and you have uh, our hero, we don't know his name yet, he has a standoff with a type of monster. And I don't want to give anything away, but... It, you know, this literally begins with a bang. And hmm. then you go back 1,000 years earlier to the town of Wrinklewood, population 52, and you play as Tonbert, who is a loyal guard of the castle of Wrinklewood. Now, it is nighttime, it is your birthday, your character is very drunk, and a mysterious hooded and cloaked figure appears outside the gate and i don't know about you but whenever i see a mysterious cloaked hooded figure i know that it's not good but tonbert in his drunkenness opens the gate for him into the town so he the hooded figure comes into the town and then next morning you wake up you are you are woken up by another guard and you have the mother of all hangovers and you're told that uh, the king wants to speak to you and pretty soon you find out that his daughter, the Princess of Wrinklewood, has been kidnapped. Who would have thought it? And so you take it upon. Now, you are a halfling, and, you know, everyone pokes fun at you, but you also have a very good heart. And so Tonbert wants to find the princess. And uh, None of the other guards want to are brave enough to look for her. There have been some knights that have been sent to find her, but they are, shall we say, a little bit on the old side. And um, so he says, no, they're useless. I will do it. And so, but first, speaking of useless, he needs to find his costume, well, his guard costume, his, his clothes, basically. And then he's also stung by bees on his face, so he can't speak. So he needs to find a way to cure that. Hmm. So this, this was actually very funny because I went around the town with, um, you know, with, with, this, with the bee stings on the character's face. And he speaks like this. He goes, no, 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 no. All the characters say, I can't understand you. And they throw him out of the castle. So, uh, um, so yeah, once you resolve all of these, you then need to look for the princess and now this probably looks a little bit and maybe in tone as well similar I suppose to Simon the Sorcerer and Discworld now I prefer this game to Simon the Sorcerer because I really like this character I um, yeah I didn't really like the character Simon the Sorcerer I'm afraid sorry to people who liked it but um, anyway talk about guard duty so guard duty uh Tonbert, he is, you know, not the brightest, but he has a good heart. Most of the humor is directed at his expense. And kind of similar with Guybrush Threepwood, they kind of make fun of his name. You know, they call him anything but Tonbert. And it's, you know, the humor is very funny as well. Lots of really nice animations as well. And so the game is definitely the humor side for the first two thirds in this fantasy town of Wrinklewood and beyond. 
Now, I won't spoil anything, but two-thirds of the way into the game, the game then changes quite dramatically, and we go back to the sci-fi setting in 2074, uh, where we left off, or before we left off at the very beginning of the game. Now, I don't, again, I don't want to say too much, because it, saying anything really would be a spoiler, so I'm not going to say too much. One thing that I will say is that... Now, one thing I really liked about the fantasy setting, even though it was similar to the games that I mentioned, it had its own unique identity. And it had references to other games such as Assassin's Creed and Metal Gear Solid, and even one reference, very subtle reference to Lamplight City, which I found very funny. And again, these references were funny. But then when we get to the sci-fi setting, then it turns nearly into Metal Gear Solid, or it <laughs> kind of wants to be Metal Gear Solid. So the main character then had the grizzled voice from, you know, like Solid Snake. And then you even have the comms, like in Metal Gear Solid, where he's speaking to his team. And you have the backstory with a lot of dialogue telling him, uh, you know, why he's there and his mission and what he needs to do. And for the first couple of minutes, I admit, I did kind of find it a bit distracting, thinking, Wait, why is this like Metal Gear Solid? This is not Metal Gear Solid. And, uh, you know, so I actually had to replay that again just to listen to the dialogue. Now, once the comms and all was finished and it got back to the story, I did kind of, you know, forget about the fact that it was like, you know, kind of had its own unique identity again. But I was thinking, God, I would really like it not to kind of try and, you know, imitate other games so much because it, you know, I think Nathan Hamley is an excellent developer and writer. And so I think it's better when a game, this game has its own unique identity. Now, I still really liked it. I loved the characters in the sci-fi setting. I would have loved to have more in the sci-fi setting. Uh, but, you know, I thought it was fine as well. We get to know the characters. They're all really interesting as well. And this part of the story is really interesting as well. It, it does change its tone a little bit too serious. And now another thing that I liked was the ending, which obviously I won't reveal. But I was curious, how was it going to end? Would it be satisfying? And thankfully, I can say, yes, it is a very satisfying, complete ending. I think it's, uh, you know, the two kind of settings correlate together very, very well. That Nathan Hanley and Sick Chicken Studio have done an amazing job with the story and with the writing. And again, it's very funny, but also more charming and, and endearing, you know, with the world and... A lot of the humor comes from the situations as well. You know that there are some anachronisms in the fantasy medieval setting. Like there, there are these people who are shooting a movie with medieval equipment. <laughs> <laughs> so it has some really nice animations. It's 2D, so it look it looks like the you know, adventure game from the 90s and early 2000s, and it's fully voiced by most of them are like Alistair Beckett King, you know, the developer, Nathan Hamley, and he does an amazing job as well. Now, some of the characters, you do know that they're the same kind of person, but that didn't bother me at all. I think Nathan Hamley is a fantastic actor as well as developer. And, you know, I love the voice acting for Tonbert and the rest as well. There was no character that I thought that, you know, did a bad job. And, um, yeah, it took me down to music as well. There, there are... Uh, the developers said there are over 30 unique musical compositions and they are different as well. You know, the medieval fantasy setting, it's more, you know, like a violin and it's more kind of relaxing, kind of, you know, typical comedy adventure game fair. And then when it goes to the sci-fi setting, it's more tense. And so you can tell a lot of work has been done on the music as well. And so then the game, it took me about eight hours to play. 
And again, I really enjoyed it. Oh, I forgot to mention the puzzles. Um, yes, the game is not the most difficult, but I really liked the puzzles as well. They, they were logical, they made sense, and there was one puzzle which was one of my favorite puzzles of recent times where you need to get a spider away from a certain area. And I thought the way that this puzzle was done was uh, it was really, really inventive, really clever, you know, that you have all the clues there. You have to figure out how to get the spider away. And then the, so even if you know maybe how to, you know, what to do in the end, where you need the spider to go, you need to figure out how to get it to go there. And uh, and I really really liked it, and I usually suck at puzzles, so <laughs> that uh, says it. And so it's kind of the developer said it. He wanted to be like Lord of the Rings meets Blade Runner. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, and it's certainly very unique with the two different settings. And it is available on Steam, and I would highly recommend that people check this game out to, to play it because I had a really great time playing it. And others as well been very positively received on Steam and. Nathan Hamley, I believe, mentioned that it was, I don't know if it's a hit, but yeah, it's done pretty well and people seem to really enjoy it. And I'm one of those people as well. So I would definitely recommend that people check out Guard Duty and oh, the Adventures of Thunder. I, I, will, I will check it out as well because I had not, I had it on my list, but uh, uh, after hearing you talk about it, it has gotten bumped up a few places to, uh, to get it uh, in the near future. Yes, no, it, it's well if you like, you know, pixel art, if you like story as well, because it's, I mean, it does have some puzzles as well, but, you know, I didn't find them too difficult. And, um, and, and yeah, so just the whole, um, you know, it's a story and the whole game as well, I really, really enjoyed overall. So, uh, which is great to say. <laughs> and it's his first game as well. So I'm really curious to see where he goes from here. So, uh, so I believe you have another, the last game to review, Tomas. Which I, yeah. I believe, uh, is, is this the another ho- ho- uh, comedy adventure game of the year, perhaps, like Clam Man, like Gar Duty, Nelly Kutalot? Well, it's a good game, but it's definitely <laughs> not funny. Uh, we're going to make a U-turn here because we, um, I played The Death of Aaron Myers, and uh, it is the first part of a five-part short stories anthology series where um, the makers are trying to make like the interactive version of um, of a short story uh, collection. Um, that means that they are going to be releasing multiple uh, short interactive uh, games, uh, interactive adventure games. Uh, that are not connected uh, by characters or story, but by theme and atmosphere. And if the first one, The Death of Aaron Myers, is anything to go by, this is going to be a very interesting uh, interesting experiment. Um, in this case, uh, you, um, it's about the death of Aaron Myers, literally. She's dead. She's not, <laughs> you're not, you're not going to get her back. Um, the goal is not to get her back. It's not. This is not some supernatural thing uh, where you're going to resurrect her. No, this is purely finding out how and why she died and trying to understand her better at the end of the game uh, than you did at the beginning of the game. Because in the beginning of the game, you don't know her at all. And you, you get to know her by playing these um, short chapters. Uh, there are nine of them or seven. Uh, uh, there's... There are nine chapters, so nine, two, yeah. 
So seven in the real world and two dream sequences. Two yeah, dream two chapters. dream sequences. Yeah. yeah, and these are all important. Uh, you don't play the story in chronological order. You play the story in the order that will maximize the effect the story has on you. And at the end of the uh, of the story, and it, it it'll take you about two hours to finish. Um, you will understand Erin Myers, you will know how and why she died, and you will um, feel that in your gut. Uh, this is not a happy ending, which you can obviously deduct from the fact that she's dead. <laughs> right, the clue is in the title, the, the yeah. death of... I'm not spoiling Myers. anything no. here. <laughs> it's, it's not a spoiler, We and it starts off that way, where she wants to, you want to find out what happened. And... Um, and yeah, no, I I played this as well, and I I don't know if enjoy is the right word, but I did like it. It's Appreciate. a very well made game. Exactly, yeah. it's. I mean, I definitely recommend it. It's by one person. Uh, developer is Viperant. Viperant. I'm sorry if I got that name wrong, but by Dan Viperante, Peach. Yeah. yes, and Dan Peach is the developer, and he made this game all on his own, uh, which you know is incredible as well. Yeah, it and looks again, really the, good. Uh, you know, again, the graphics scene are simple, but they're effective. You know, they are. Yeah. Uh, it's clear as well. It looks very realistic. You know, kind of very mm -hmm. gr grimy as well. Like when you're in the basement or in, you know, in the bathroom and um, you know places like that, you can definitely, yeah, you definitely most, know. Most of the areas that you're exploring, it's not like you're you're exploring throughout an entire city. Most of them, it's like one uh, one locale or maybe two or three rooms that you get to. Uh, to search, um, to find out what's going on. And the puzzles are all very, they all make sense. You know, you have to, it's, it's mostly inventory puzzles. You have to find some stuff. You have to combine some stuff so you can do some other stuff and uh, and see what is in a cupboard or listen to in on, on what colleagues are saying or whatever. That, that's exactly. the kind of puzzles you're dealing with. And it's all uh, very much um, in favor of the story. Um, including the two dream sequences, they all—they also make sense in in the uh, in the bigger picture of this uh, story. And um, yeah, uh, once you've, I, I hope at least one of the other stories that we're going to get is going to be a bit more happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, definitely because this one does get you in in the gut. And yeah. uh, as you mentioned with the puzzles, I really like that puzzle where you to listen in on uh, colleagues as well. Now, one thing that happened to me i don't know if it happened to you but i did find that there was some kind of minor pixel hunting a few times uh that i wasn't you know i was thinking wait why why can't i continue why why can't i solve this and then but then pretty soon i realized okay if i'm not able to solve the puzzles if i'm not able to continue i must have missed something yeah, and there, yeah then you're missing something so yeah i uh, think i had that also in one incident but not at the same time uh, at the same place that you had that right um, yeah but uh, in general, it, it wasn't uh, annoying or holding back or anything. Every time, oh, I, no, was, no, no, I no. was like, "Okay, this is." Uh, I was before I, I got to the point where it was, got frustrating. I usually solved the puzzle. So, um, yeah, it's it's there. There are no puzzles in there that I needed to uh, consult a walkthrough or anything. Oh yeah, no, no, you shouldn't need a walkthrough. No, uh, for for this. Um, oh yeah, no, it didn't. Uh, you know, it it didn't bother me. You know, it's. I just thought that I, I'd mentioned it, but yeah, overall, it, like you know, the puzzles. You know, you find inventory items, you put them together. You also need to, ex, you know, to explore the 
or to investigate rather the the areas you see. Now again, the scene as you mentioned, there are two or three rooms. So if you have missed an item, it shouldn't take you long to find it. You know, just need to go back and go. Oh yeah, no, I missed this. I could get this, and then you can usually continue. But yeah, no, I'm really curious how you know how it's going to happen with the uh, short story series because I think it's the first of its kind that it's. You know, it's by no means the first short venture game, but the first anthology venture game. I don't know if there's anything quite like it. So I'm very curious to know where uh, Viperante or Viperante are going to go next. I, I really want to play the next four games altogether and mm-hmm. see how similar they are to this game. I believe, you know, they'll have similar teams, you know, but they will have... Now, he did say that... Uh, they will all explore certain dark, sometimes macabre ideas. <laughs> so I uh, don't know how happy they will be, but I think they will be different types of games. You know, there will be um, you know sci-fi and other yeah. types. But oh, cool! Yeah, um, I believe so. And they all have a self-contained story, exploring specific idea, character, or situation. But but no, I really, really like this game. As you, as you mentioned, it's story, you know, focused and character focused. And again, I really I. You know, I would have loved to have known more about the the character, but it's happy. You know, it's happy enough with what we did find out. I think, even though it's short, we did learn quite a lot about her and how she got to where she was. And uh, I also loved how it's not in chronological order. That yeah. you know, that's you know, you figure out put these puzzles together. It, it's it's more like the way uh, a Quentin Tarantino shoots a movie, like, right. Uh, you're getting information, not necessarily in the chronological order, but in the order you need to know the information to have the maximum effect of uh, the clue at the end of, of the uh, of the the end of the story. Because if it if we had gotten through this chronologically, it wouldn't have had this impact it had at the end. Exactly. Yeah. No. So it's definitely a right decision for the developer, I think, to 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 make it this way. And uh, and and yeah, it was. Again, really curious because you know the ending, but it's how you got there that's the mm-hmm. interesting part. And I think as well the the story is it's certainly going to stay with me for a long, long time. So yeah, they they managed to uh, to do that very, very effectively in the two in the slightly over two hours that that I uh, I played this game, and it did feel like uh, like reading a short story. You know, if you have a good short story. And it takes you like two hours to read it, uh, a novella or something. Uh, it can also be like three pages. But mm-hmm. in this case, uh, because it's interactive and it's, it's got some puzzles, uh, it's, it's it's a good way to spend a couple of hours uh, and have a finish, uh, also have it finished from, from beginning to end and have, yeah, have an emotional um, response to the game, which exactly. is exactly what the developer wanted. Yeah, so he su- he succeeds in I believe what he was uh, looking to do. So yeah, uh, so we can't ask for much more. So so uh, that is the death of Erin Myers. It is available on Steam. Again, it's not expensive. It's uh, in euros. It's one fifty nine euros, and I presume it's similar in dollars. It's you know probably it's a, two. It's a quarter two, pint. Exactly, yeah, or, or a cup of, or less than a cup of, at least in Ireland, yeah. <laughs> a lot less than a cup of coffee. <laughs> three, three gulps from a pint is that. That is. <laughs> oh yeah, no, exactly. So, no, because of, uh, sorry, this, this is relevant, but there was a colleague of mine who was saying that she spent over four euros on coffee every morning before going to work. So, if oh, that's, uh, it's not that much. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, it can be more and, and yeah. drinks as well. So if uh, if you want to play in a really good game instead of for overpriced drinks, <laughs> then <laughs> this game we definitely recommend. But also be aware that it can be a tough game as well, tough story. Also, not gratuitous. I have to make that clear as well. Oh, absolutely not. No, no. no. There is nothing there to, shall we say, shock us. It is more like psychological and it's... Well, there is, there is enough I mean, it shocking. shocks us. It there shocks us, but not, <laughs> not, not, yeah. in, not in a gratuitous way. Not in the, you know, I don't know how, you know, yeah, that's exactly what I mean. It's not gratuitous, but it, it is shocking, but, you know, more the psychological way. That it, it, yeah. It's, the game will sit in an emotional too. way. Exactly. So, um, so, yeah, so, now I believe you started, so that's the death of Aaron Myers. I would highly recommend people check it out, and you as well, which is great to see that we liked all adventure games that we played this week now you're also playing another adventure game which I'm, i don't think you finished yet but you have started it no so. yeah uh, <laughs> i definitely started it it was uh it was one that i've been looking forward to for quite a long time um ever since i um i i know i noticed it uh right before it came out it's heaven's vault mm-hmm. and uh i think i've been playing it for like maybe 20 hours now i have no idea wow. where in the story i am but man, this is a good game. This is such a good game. It is very cinematic. It 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 looks great. It has a very distinct style, um, and the world building is just draws you in. Uh, it it drew me in um, again. Eh? We play these games for the stories, and the the mystery that's going on, the mysteries that are going on here are very very interesting. You, you play um, an archaeologist. And she is uh, sent on a mission by uh, the head of a university to find out what happened to a professor who disappeared. And um, while looking into the disappearance of this professor, you search on several moons. And all these moons are connected by rivers. Yeah, It sounds really weird, but it it works like a charm. Uh, And you sail those rivers through space from one moon to the other searching for uh, clues about the whereabouts of this professor, but also about um, archaeological finds. And um, uh, you're trying to translate the ancient language, and that's ancient with capital A, um, um, because, for instance, you come across a a plate that has an inscription, and then you try to match the inscription with the words you already know, and you try to deduce the words uh the new words and um oh man this is this is so I'm, i i love this game if if this <laughs> game sticks the landing and every time i've played i like uh, I'm, I'm probably going to play it again after we finish recording and continue it uh if this game sticks the landing like it has been doing uh so far this is probably top three game of the year for me i wow. i feel this is uh oprah din levels good Wow, <laughs> I'm really curious. Then I'll have to I'll have to play it then when I get a chance. Yeah, the it it, it just feels it flows very smoothly, and uh, the dialogues are um, the dialogue is comes very natural. You 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 can choose you can either choose a response. You you can also choose not to respond, and then the 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 that is just that is also a choice you can you can make and it totally depends on how the, the story goes and how 
characters react to you. Uh, you can be a bitch or you can be a, a, a very pleasant lady. Um, um, most of the conversations you have are with a robot. And <laughs> robots are uh, considered like uh, like they were, they are literally archaeological finds, the robots. Uh, half holographic, half uh, metallic. Yeah, it, it may sound really weird, but I can uh, just search the, the, the trailers for uh, for Heaven's Fault. and. I can oh man I can I can wait to, to finish this for the first time because I'm I have a feeling I'm going to finish it multiple times because there is so much to the story and then and then uh, discuss it because uh, so good it's so good uh, Sounds like you're you're enjoying it then <laughs> But Oh yeah uh, but yeah. No, j just a couple of extra background things about the game now funny thing you mentioned about the dialogue being natural I saw John uh, Ingle, uh, who was a developer, it's by Ingle Studios, I believe, and he gave a talk at Adventure X about dialogue and about the flow of dialogue, and he used examples of where it didn't flow so well. Now, a lot of adventure games, <laughs> uh, the dialogue doesn't flow so, so well, you know. I, I enjoyed still the, the dialogue trees, but it is kind of, like, unnatural. And so he was talking. He, the, the example he gave was actually... Uh, now it's, he said he didn't like. It's not that he didn't like the game. That a game that he liked, which was Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which he really liked. But he also gave examples of how the dialogue could have been better. You know, could have flown more naturally. And then he gave a fascinating example with um, uh, Blade Runner, and how. Now I know that it has already been made into a game. But if you would make the actual movie into a game, and how to use dialogue and dialogue options and choices in a game of the movie, so that's specifically directly adapting the movie and how you know you could use that into an adventure game way but have the conversations flow naturally. And we were all stunned, you know, I was like, wow, this is this is blowing my mind. And it's uh, you know, he's a very, very clever man. He seems to know what he's doing. And again, from what I'm hearing with Heaven's Vault, again he seems to have put that into practice with the game. And so, and then also you mentioned that he would play it uh, again multiple times. I saw on Twitter that the Inkle Studio mentioned that they added an Easter egg that can only be found on the third playthrough. And they said they didn't think anyone would find it. They were wrong. And now they were considering adding an Easter egg for the seventh playthrough. But I, I, I'm not sure how that works then. How, how I, can you have an Easter egg that only is visible after you've already played it? two times i'm i have no idea i was i'm willing to play it just to see how that works <laughs> uh yeah i have no idea um now i believe them i they seem to know what they're doing <laughs> and you know i imagine it's probably something that opens or a location maybe that only opens after you've played the game through towards the ending twice i imagine but uh but it shows how passionate some of the people are that they play it multiple times and still find these easter eggs uh, multiple times after playing it and there they also made 80 days and they released it back in 2014 and god there were such innocent times back then anyway <laughs> and, <laughs> and they released 80 days and that was times magazine game of the year so right. that, they have some pedigree they have some you know really good experience making adventure games and I can't wait to play it myself, both games. 80 Days, I do plan on playing them 
at some point in the future and hopefully I can get through more adventure games that are yeah. on my list as well. But this is definitely up on top of my list as well. This, um, is, this is one of those games where um, uh, also if, if you, for instance, if you uh, quit uh, playing, it auto saves. There is no save option. Good. It's just it just oh, saves okay. when you when you quit playing. Okay, and, that's fine. I think uh, that's when good, when yeah. I came when I came back to the game, I got a I got a recap of what I'd already done. I'm like, oh, this is very handy because I couldn't play Ooh. for over a week. <laughs> so awesome, cool, um, and and stuff like that, you know. And and talking about the the dialogue, most of the um, you can. You can initiate dialogue. You get the option to ask a question or make a remark, so Q or R. And you can also just not do that, and then nothing happens. Um, you can. What he was talking about the flow of the dialogue. Yeah, you, that is all uh, in this game. Um, your dialogue really influences the way people react to you. Now, now that is nothing new, of course, but it's it's hard to. It's hard to explain. You really need to play this to understand what I mean when the, this dialogue flows very naturally. Right. It, can be, it can be that you're walking on the moon with your robot and you just make a remark or the robot asks all of a sudden asks you a question. Just like when you're walking through a forest with a friend, sometimes you don't say anything and sometimes a, a conversation starts and, and, and lasts a long time or lasts only only a minute or whatever. And that's the feeling you get here. You have a feeling that, that, that you're walking around, you're investigating, just like Oprah didn't really gave you the, the, the feeling that uh, you were uh, doing an actual investigation and what happened to all these people on that boat. Here you get the feeling that you're, yeah, that you're discovering, that you're translating this new language, that you're discovering the things about the religions and, and everything. It, ge it gives you that same that same feeling. And, and, and sometimes you make discoveries where you're like, wow, whoa, wow. holy shit. <laughs> this is awesome. You know, because then you find something really big. And, and sometimes you're just sailing around looking for artifacts that can help you pinpoint new uh, new locations in the hope that you can find something there that can pinpoint you to the next location. And then you come to a moon and you find another thing that is huge and you're like, uh, yeah, it's hard to stop playing this game, to be honest. Yeah, I can see that. It seems very, I mean, I'm very tempted to just buy it right now, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, no, I, I think I'll, I'll definitely play it when I'm back from, from you know Boston. where. From, I yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but before I talk about Boston, I just... Again, so heaven's fault. It seems like a great game so far. We will hear more about it in the next uh, next time you're on the podcast. Hopefully, I, maybe yeah, I, I finish. hope to have uh, we'll finished see. it uh, by then. Yeah, I also played something else. I got a preview, oh. uh, preview of a game called Night Call, in which you play a, um, a taxi driver driving around Paris. I believe Helping. we spoke about that before very yeah. briefly. Yes, it yes. Was one, it was one of our um, um, From the anticipated. Yes. Yeah. It was one of From our anticipated uh, things. Yeah. yeah. And I was, uh, I, I was, I got the opportunity to play this for a bit, and um, it's definitely one that we're going to be wanting to play the whole, uh, the whole game. So um, you're, you're, you're a taxi driver. You're, you get forced, sort of, to help the police find a serial killer and you do that by picking up passengers talking to passengers listening to passengers and um, uh, trying to figure out who did it 
Uh, I've played like 15, 15 minutes of the game, um, all I could play. And it was like, yeah, I definitely want to check more out more of this game. So Night Call, keep an eye on that one. Uh, once we have uh, more uh, information on that, we will definitely share it on this podcast. Cool. Okay. Now, the game that I'm playing, which is um, it is a free game. It is a Mysteries of Peak Valley. There are three games of this so far. I won't say too much about it yet because I want to give a full in-depth review the next episode. I plan on finishing it you know, for the next time. Uh, basically, you it is kind of like a supernatural game as well. You have to go, first game, you go to a house. The, the lady in the house, the girl in the house says that it is haunted. There is a ghost there and it's annoying her very much. So you have to find out what is happening and you have to investigate. And uh, it, it's, I mean, it sounds similar to the Blackwell games. Now, the Blackwell games are, you know, they're, they are of better production values and they are but but this is this is really good. And I played a second game and I went halfway through the third game. They're very short. They're you know pick up and play as you go. And the third game is available on mobile devices as well. So I got it on my mobile. So again I'll probably be playing it on my way to you know where. And <laughs> Oh, you're going somewhere, Sorsha. Yes, I don't don't think oh, I mentioned it. You never so, you never mentioned it before. So, so that game is Mysteries of Peak Valley. I would recommend that people check it out. They're free to download. You can download the first two or the first three on the PC. Uh, I'm not sure if it's available. They're available on Mac, but definitely can get them on PC. Uh, they've got some good production values. The second and third game have uh, some voice acting as well, and also the second game has some jump scares which are quite effective which scared the crap out of me a few times which i was not expecting <laughs> and was done really really well and the third game i'm i'm enjoying as well they're all kind of different kind of all similar tone but they can tell that they're different as well you can tell that a lot of time and effort has gone into these games so we'll have a full review of it uh, next time we speak uh, so yeah so that game is mysteries of peak valley and it's available on pc and um, yeah, now, I, I know I haven't spoken enough about this, but um, I, I will be in Boston. Well, by the time this episode is released, I should be getting ready for the, the Narrowscope conference. Now, I will try and uh, record something over there. I, I have no idea how it's going to turn out. I will hope to speak to people, speak to developers, speak to other fans there, and I will play games there go to talks as well i will record as much as i can my plan is to record while i'm there and then maybe do like an audio diary of of the days and then i plan it to upload that as part of you know i do plan on doing like a podcast and special bonus episode on the narrowscope conference whether it will be for whether it be one episode altogether or whether it be an episode for each day i I still, I'm not sure, but there will be something on it. So I will be talking about the games that were there and everything. So uh, I'm hoping it can work out. I'm hoping that the recorder will work and that everything will <laughs> go well. But if at the very, very worst, I will speak afterwards as well. But I do plan on speaking while I'm there. So that will be uh, in a few weeks when I am back and when I have a chance to edit and put it all together so and also if anybody's still listening and if there are any adventure game developers who are in boston or in 
Narrowscope conference. And if you would like to speak to me kind of privately about your game and appear on podcast, please let me know. Please get in touch through, you know, email, contact me page on the Adventure Games Podcast website or through social media. Don't be shy. If you want to appear, if you want to speak more in depth about your game or games uh, or anything at all, please let me know and I'll be happy to speak with you and record it as well. So, uh, You know know also what makes me happy, uh, Sersha? What makes you happy, Thomas? That uh, Holland is beating England 3-1 in the Nations (laughs) League right now. (laughs) We are recording at the same time that the Netherlands are playing England. So... I, w- I didn't want to mention it, but I had to mention it. <laughs> so you must be very happy now. <laughs> yeah, 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 we're going to the final. Now it is a Nations League, but yeah, no, so, well, apologies to English listeners. Sorry, uh, guys. Yeah, sorry. Well, over. well, look, Ireland don't get through to any finals any well anymore. We've never been to any finals, so, you know. Not in football, <laughs> but you have been in field hockey. Oh, yeah, that's true. And rugby, we're usually okay as well, but... Um, European champions in 2009, right? Uh, in yeah, I think so. Well, in the six, yeah. Oh, in, in what? In field hockey? No, uh, rugby. Oh, it's the Six Nations. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, we won it a few times. We weren't so good this past year, and we were playing in the World Cup, and it's kind of worrying. But, oh, but last <laughs> year you were magnificent. Oh, we were. So. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so that's, uh, uh, that comes to, brings us to the end of the special sports podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Football, rugby, field hockey, you name it. <laughs> um, so that is it for this week. So the next time you hear from us, next week, yeah, oh, yes, the next week, next Friday, I it will be Friday the 23rd, or 21st, I believe it's Friday the 21st. I will have again all things going well have come back from Boston but I will have uploaded an interview I believe it is it will be with Christian Miller who developed Neofeud so oh, that, was nice. a, that was a uh, really interesting interview I would definitely recommend people I really check like Neofeud so we, we can talk about that game uh, late, in a later episode as well I still have to play it but I really enjoyed speaking to him he he spoke about his games Neofeud and Neofeud 2 and also the the extraordinary length that he went to to be able to work on adventure games full time it shocked me and i i really am looking forward to uploading this so uh that is that is it then from me so is there anything you'd like to add thomas before we leave uh no if if you want to listen to another podcast besides uh, this uh, this <gasps> one which is obviously the best podcast there is obviously it's but should you want to <laughs> <laughs> yeah then uh, uh, please do listen to the gaming outsider you can find on wherever you listen to podcasts i uh, uh, occasionally have a segment on there talking about the pony click adventure games i've played but they also have lots of very passionate uh, people talking about Current games, retro games, everything concerning gaming and uh, all kinds of fun stuff. So uh, from here, a shout out to Scott Clark and the Gaming Outsider. We hope hope to have him uh, on the sh- on our show as well in the future. Hopefully. And um, yeah, and uh, take uh, also listen to the interviews that Sersha has done with uh, developers uh, in the past. If you uh, if you're interested in Nettie Kudelot, especially that one with Alistair was really funny as well. 
Thank you very much. I appreciate the shout out at the end. <laughs> but no, I, I listen to the Gaming Outsider podcast as well. It's a really good podcast. It talks about more games in general, all the big releases. They also have news. They talk about topics. They spoke about, well, VR, which we spoke about a little bit. But they are more they are professional. You know, they know what they're doing. <laughs> Not saying we don't. We know. Of course we know what we're doing. But <clears throat> but, um, but they know they're really good as well. And I hope to have got or any of them on the show at a later date. So uh, thank you for joining. If you're still here, listeners, thank you so much for joining us again. I hope you check out the games that we spoke about as well. It should be something for everyone with the three comedy adventure games and then the not so comedic, but still really, really good, The Death of Aaron Myers. I hope you give those games a check because they're all kind of short games as well, so it shouldn't take you too long, but really, really good as well really and eat good. fruit pie exactly <laughs> i will never see fruit pie the same again after clam man <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so until next time then thomas so have a great week everyone you too have fun in boston have fun everyone and keep playing adventure games